Jeremy can't be here tonight, but in his stead, we have bosom friend of the show, the stupendous, I would say, Carrie slash uh, Miranda, Claire McCashin. Welcome, Claire. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Today is also Sweet Jeremy's birthday, so we'd like to wish wish him many happy returns from his film fam. Oh, happy 56th birthday, Jeremy. <laughs> happy 104. <laughs> we'll miss you today, Jer. Uh, this week, as you may have guessed, we are talking films of female friendship. Yes, there is a lot of alliteration happening today. Ups and downs, high drama, not nearly enough gross-out humor, but we'll get into that. As always, look out for spoilers like this one. Thelma and Louise, keep going. Oof, I put pause for the full horror of that to sink in. <laughs> in my notes. Just keep going. Thelma. Well, my squirrel friends, we have <laughs> lots to talk about, so let's jump right in. Who or what, what are your ultimate on-screen female friendships? Sean, Claire? I can start. Um, I love... I... So, I love the friendship between Romeo and Michelle very, very much. They are one of the few, like, I actually don't really appreciate friendships that are just, like, the one-in-one, like, we're best friends, and we have the one best friend. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, a friend group that looks like mine where there's, like, many, and it's not all just, like, we are, like, this romantic ideal of a friendship. Um, but that theirs is great, and that, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. We could probably get into that later. I actually later, haven't but... seen that movie. Really? It was on my list of to watch this week. That is shocking. I know. I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. It seems like it would be right up your alley. I know, and I think that's one of the reasons I haven't seen it, is because I'm scared that I won't love it as much as people tell me I will. But that's silly. Just don't put too much pressure on it. Yeah. Just let it wash over you. Like you know. a beautiful mist of friendship <laughs> I think that you made a really good point about how in friendship movies it is usually a one on one friendship instead of a friend group which seems much more natural and puts a lot more pressure on the individual friendship Yeah. Um, and one of the ones that I was thinking of as an ideal friendship was the friendship between Jenny Slate and Gabby Hoffman's character in Obvious Child Yeah. which I really like and then they also have, oh, who plays their friend? I'm not going to remember. Me either. Gabe Liedman does. Great. Um, plays their sort of third friend. And it's so, it's like, it looks more like my friendships than mm -hmm. most of what I see on screen. Yeah, there are just, there are a lot of, of friendships that I love. Obviously, um, I just rewatched Thelma and Louise last night. So I've been thinking a lot about their particular dynamic, which I would say is complicated at best. Um, but there's something that I really like about those two. Um, obviously, uh, the dynamics of the First Wives Club. Mm. Big fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is one of my, as I've said earlier, probably my fa one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And also a great friendship where they have, they're like a group of four gals all graduating from university and then um and then they fall apart which actually is a big theme in a lot of friendship movies mm -hmm. where they like they all like leave each other and then the movie picks up like where they all reconvene yeah. usually because of a tragedy in this case or 
a, like a major event. Yeah, female friendship movies are usually centered around a marriage or a baby. I mm-hmm. feel. Oh, that's a good observation. You know, like it's always something like that, which is, you know, I feel like just an easy plot point for, you know, someone to be like, why are these ladies together? Uh, One of them is having a baby. Yeah. And that's it. But. um, Or a death. Or a death. A lot of times, yeah, like a funeral and then people coming together to like nurture. And then it can put people on their hysterics. (laughs) (laughs) Things come to light. Things really come to light. Yeah. Um, do you, how, okay. I just tried to start seven questions at once. <laughs> I just have too much to say and I'm scared I'll miss some. Um, do you have movies that you feel kind of what Claire was saying accurately depict female friendship or more accurately than, than sometimes they are? Bridesmaid, Bridesmaids is another big one for me. Yeah, and same. I remember sitting in the theater watching, there's a scene really early in the movie, which is the first time you see, uh, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph together and they are like working out and then they go for brunch and they're sort of switching really quickly between having conversations about their lives and then just goofing off mm-hmm. and it feels a lot more organic yeah. and natural than a lot of. Are you the- saying this because you are a bridesmaid this Saturday? <gasps> That's not why I'm saying it but I am a bridesmaid this Saturday. That's true. She's got it on the brain. Wow. Can't stop thinking about bridesmaids. Always I a bridesmaid. Hope there's a giant cookie for me to destroy. To punch, yeah. That's yeah. and that's the thing is like the the way that women are allowed to be flawed and silly and messy in that movie just like makes my heart shine. And just like yeah, I, I find that their relationship is really interesting. And they have that thing where like they fall apart and there's these uncommunicated issues and there's all of that but ultimately the sort of way that they're so comfortable with each other i think is yeah a really a really good thing and it's and it's funny and gross in a way that men get to be in movies about their friendships all the time and i feel that is lacking in a lot of movies about female friendship Mm -hmm. although i think that's changing largely with movies like bridesmaids yeah um it's been a bit since I saw Bridesmaids, but I l- I loved it, and it was a great way to see just like, uh, yeah, women pretty so real. Mm-hmm. Even though I like, I feel like maybe this is just me being cynical, but I feel like they threw Kristen Wiig in the shortest little skirts like the whole time, just yeah. to be like, she's not a traditional leading lady, but she's got some gams. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> she does though. She her, does and, gams. her outfits are pretty good in that movie. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of fun earrings. I remember thinking that. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm looking for in my films of female friendship. What um, looking like? One of the one of the friendship female friendship relationships depicted on film of late that I that I thought was interesting was the um, in Lady Bird, um, the relationship between the titular character and her best friend, whose name I really wish at this moment I had looked up, mm-hmm. um, because. What they do with her best friend's character is really interesting. She is um, a woman of size. I would say she is a, a fat teenage girl, which is a word I can use because, spoiler alert, I'm fat. I'm out on the radio, in case you couldn't <laughs> tell by these dulcet tones. Oh, my God. Woman of size behind the mic. Anyway, uh, that friend in movies is often relegated to this really lame, like, punching bag position in friendships where, like, the fat friend is always... Um, 
like the the other friend is beautiful and dominant and the fat friend is like the tag along who never has any interesting arcs and i feel like the dynamic that they give them in ladybird is that is like making a commentary about that because ladybird is really terrible to her friend uh and just like ignores all of her thoughts and feelings and issues in this way that i feel like is really intentional or was really intentional on greta gerwig's part I anyway I would say that she she does it. Uh, she is she, sorry. I started again. She is un, really unaware of the things her friend is going mm-hmm. through, but not in like a not in like a villainous way, yeah. but just like a normal teenage girl way, where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, she's got a lot of things going on, but I've also got a ton of things going on that I'm thinking about a lot. Mm-hmm. And then like you just kind of piece together. You're like, oh, she started a musical. She yeah. like had a, a little heartbreak of like a crush on a teacher yeah. and like all this stuff. Or, like, at the end, when she goes to her house and she's just, like, crying. Yeah. And she's kind of like, oh, um, I have to tell you about my thing. And yeah. she's like, why are you crying? And she's like, nothing. Yeah. But there's this really great moment where they're in a car together listening to Dave Matthews crash into you. Uh, crash into me? I don't know. Crash. Crash into someone. Into someone. <laughs> and, like, holding hands and both crying. And I love it just that because the friend yeah. also, like... Didn't isn't really that crushed, but like is so alive. Just feeling it, (laughs) yeah. And I just it makes me think of those moments when you are a teen, just holding hands with your best friend, really sharing in a moment. Anyway, love that movie, as has been previously documented. Yeah, that's a very sweet movie. Do you have any any faves that you feel are really accurate, Sean? Um, being a female friend and all. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it's I actually had Lady Bird down for mine as well. Mm. Cute. We yeah. What about you, Claire? Did you have one? Spoiler alert slash shameful secret. I have not seen Lady Bird yet. Listen, oh, Claire oh, just oh, finished oh. law school. <laughs> She's had a really busy couple years. I've fit in a lot of sitcom, a yeah. lot of watching of maybe I know lesser quality things. This but. is never a place of movie shame, especially when Jeremy's not here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> He we'll, loves- we'll bring the trash out. <laughs> Sean and I burn. never watch We'll trot out the garbage. Uh, okay. Um, we'll come back to... I, I don't know. I'd be interested to know, like, do you have generally warm feelings towards the genre films? Are you cynical about them? How do uh, lady friendship movies make you feel? Um, I feel like... I f- um, I just really have always put myself in those characters, like, while I was growing up. So it always, every time I see something, like, just with this overwrought, like, friendship that is not realistic at all, like, beaches, I, it, it's so homey, even though I know it's insane. Mm-hmm. And these people are crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. High drama. Mm-hmm. High drama. Yeah. And just out of nowhere... Like, there's no, there's nothing in that movie that establishes why they're doing any of the things they're doing. Yeah. It's just... I think it's time for Beaches. Let's just talk Beaches. Let's go Beaches. Okay. I watched it. Was that last night? I think it was last night. I was texting you both. Yeah, I think it was last night. Um, I had never seen it, actually. And it's not what I expected in some ways. And it very much is what I expected in other ways. And, yeah, I think that it is one of those movies about lady friends that has that element of melodrama that for me feels a little tired because it's just like oh because it's a movie about two women and this epic friendship 
there uh, there's obviously going to be all of this deeply irrational emotional behavior and like competition and some of that I found irksome but also I can't be mad at a movie that's that focused on being a vehicle for Bette Midler. Oh, like, they it were opens do, they were with her, her so doing a full do. song, like a full ballad. Okay, um, in one in every act. Like, it's, <laughs> like there's so many. Yeah, she, she <laughs> even as Cece Bloom, she is doing this, like, huge tour, and she's singing a really, like, bummer cover. Or, like, yeah. not a fun cover. And that's what like, opens the movie. Under the Boardwalk is not like a real oh, yeah. banger. It was Under the Boardwalk, but drastically slowed down. Yeah. Oh, everything <laughs> is slow, ratcheted right down. Yeah. But also, one of the things I really loved about this movie was the performance of one Mayim Bialik she as young a, Cece Bloom. She's, she's a, a highlight. Star. Wow. That kid could sing. Um, but also just, uh, she was just acting Acting so her face good. off. And she was pushing her. She was pushing Lainey Kazan, she, who did not, who was an, did not want to be a stage mom. But no. she was making her Leona. Leona again. You just yells Leona. at her. So much yelling. And she's just like, "Can we go home?" Yeah, I want to go home. She's basically like, I would assume from Long Island or Jersey. And in Atlantic City, trying to make it as a stage kid. Oh, just smoking under the bleachers in a full costume and full face. Yeah. And then meets this little rich girl named Hillary, who honestly. I had a lot of feelings. And some of this is that I identify with Bette Midler's character to some degree, in that she's like over the top and super fun, but she's not the hot one. I just did air quotes. Um, so she keeps getting like shunted to the side anytime her hot best friend is around. Not saying I had a hot best friend growing up, but I did. Hi Tatum, I love you. You've always <laughs> been hot. It's not fair. Just kidding. We don't we don't mean to compare you to Barbara Hershey. <laughs> it's not a contest. But Why is jealousy a theme in so many of these movies? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm bitter because it's too real. But no. But that's the thing is that they also never really have a conversation about it. Basically, they get into a love triangle briefly. Okay, well, first their friendship is formed because they meet. Yes, this is um, good to establish. A child, these two children meet. One helps the other one find her way back to the hotel. They exchange numbers or something, and they're like, let's be friends forever. And then they literally do, and they become pen pals for like... I think the next time they see each other is like... Literally after college. 15 years later. Yeah. And then she stays, like, a summer with her. And then they have another huge break. Like, they've they've been in one room together, like... Cumulatively for, like, two weeks. Yeah. In their lives. And they still, like, this huge bond-formed friendship. And they pen pal each other. Can I use that as a... Yeah. <laughs> they pen pal each other forever. I liked the epistolary nature of this movie. Sorry about my English degree. Um, okay. Where they're writing letters to each other. I will so say, much, I'll throw in another English degree word yeah. and say that most of the letters are just exposition, though. Yeah. Like, there's oh, nothing yeah. in those letters that makes you think, that makes it clear why they formed such a close bond. I think, Because yeah. it's just a list of things that happened. Yeah. I went to law school, and my dad doesn't think I should be a, you know, work for the ACLU, and also this and this and this. I moved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point, Claire. Now, we should say that this film was made by our old friend who we talked extensively about last week, one Gary Marshall. Oh, yeah, yeah. So in that context, it does make some sense that, like, 
it goes for the high emotion without always getting you there in the first place. Yeah. Oof. When they, yeah, because, and then they have a, they have an epic fight. In a department store. Other, like, when they see each other for the, like, the third time in their life, they have a huge department store fight where, um, well, first, Barbara and her new husband go to see Bette Midler's saucy new show. Which, honestly, I would love to watch. Which is about, it was a number about the invention of brassiers, which I remember watching as a kid, because my neighbors would always watch. And it was, yes, it was the best. And specifically that number. Um, just the way that they form these musical numbers, like, mm-hmm. just out of context, and they just, like, cut to her in, like, a doing the mask uh, yeah. thing or the, yeah they like they show her very first musical that she gets cast in and it is like the perfect depiction of a like 80s off-broadway commentary on industrialism <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> high art musical with lots of mask work that was beautiful it was spectacular but yeah and then her second the the one they go see her in is supposed to be i think like this cheeky review basically where it's all just like dirty songs yeah but they were it it wasn't it wasn't dirty no it wasn't but barbara and her husband were like so disgusted so disgusted and then they and by disgusted by her new money oh yeah and then the term new money is when hillary really lost me well because bet midler's house was garish and she had a dog that she couldn't support <laughs> <But that's laughs> <It> not. <laughs> anyway long story short beaches is kind of a mess but it's it still made me feel mess. a lot of things oh yeah so they basically do this and then all of a sudden barbara has a kid yeah and then her husband cheats on her while she's like just newly pregnant basically bet mother becomes like Mrs. Dad, the opposite of Mr. Mom. <laughs> Mrs. Dad. But, like, is bad at it and keeps leaving to go do her music. And then Hillary gets sick. Well, Hillary has the longest pregnancy in the world. Yeah. In the length of her pregnancy, um, she breaks up with her husband. Uh, Bette Midler moves to live with her, meets her gynecologist, falls in love with her gynecologist. Oh, yeah. gets, um, engaged gets engaged. To her then gynecologist. Does not, then leaves the gynecologist. The gynecologist and makes, then... makes Hillary break up with him. Makes Hillary, And then the gynecologist gets married to someone else, or at least engaged. Before the baby. Within nine months. <laughs> within nine months in the time of the movie, and within maybe five minutes yeah. of the overall movie. It happens... It's happening fast. Very fast. Also, the reason that she gets engaged and then breaks the engagement is because the movie firmly establishes that she would have to end her career in order to get married. In right. the scene where she yes. gets engaged, the doctor says... You would do that? You would really give up your career for marriage? Yeah. And it's... And that's a... When did we decide that was necessary? (laughs) Very good question. You're allowed on the stage with the ring on your finger. Right? Yeah. Apparently not in Beach's world. (laughs) Not in Gary Marshalltown. It was a lot. Um, And then, yeah, it's like... I, I didn't really feel that bad when... Spoiler alert... Barbara dies of her... No, Hillary. Barbara slash Hillary. Hillary died. Her name is... Barbara Hershey plays Hillary. Yes. What is her name? It's Hillary Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. Real two first names of boring. Just so waspy. Um, She uh, She slowly gets really grossly sick. 
the makeup person like messes up her teeth. <laughs> they make her look real sick. <laughs> and then she just dies. I feel bad that we're laughing. But anyway, it's a bit of a slog at the end. Yeah. And then when Beneath Your Wings happens. Well, and also then she's like, oh my God, she left me um, her child oh, in her right. will and didn't tell her about it. Yeah, that's They need more like communication for I think that was their whole issue is they don't communicate. And all these letter writing and no communication. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough about beaches, I think. Fair. <laughs> one of the one of the things I think that I find frustrating about some of these movies is that element of like competition and jealousy, which I think is a thing that culturally we ascribe to women, and there are complicated reasons for that, and I think women under a patriarchy are often made to feel like they have to compete with each other. I'm just going to say that at the outset, because movies are culture. But what do you guys think is going on here? Like, why is that Why is that the thing we come back to again and again? Like, I'm thinking about in A League of Their Own, for example, a depiction of many beautiful female friendships, the two main characters who are sisters, can't get along. Too competitive. Well, that's a different relationship than friendship. You're right. You know, <laughs> sisters got some stuff going on. Yeah. Um, like, there is a great, like, Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna have a great friendship. True. Um, and they are very supportive of each other. They fight sometimes, but they... They're always trying to get each so other in front of a camera, as, oh, yeah. as we talked about. <laughs> Madonna's always trying to haul Rosie in front of a camera. <laughs> I think part of me wonders how it how much of it is a chicken or egg situation. Like, mm. women are so often portrayed in media as having to be competitive and having jealousy define their friendship dynamics and then when you've watched up growing movies where that's a defining aspect of friendship how much of it is just sort of repeating yeah. what we've seen leaking into your life but I think that there's often sometimes it's a pure jealousy thing in a movie like Beaches or in a movie like maybe again Bridesmaids mm. where there is a certain competition or jealousy aspect I think a lot of what's underpinning it is not actually that one of them isn't happy for the other but just the fact that they're growing apart and navigating mm. the fact that they're going in different directions that's a good point and I think that that's a much more realistic thing yeah. to focus on and source of conflict than just you know, being mad because your friend got a good job or yeah. got engaged or whatever. Or, like, slept with a guy on your opening night. Also, that was just such a bad friend move. Sorry, we're back to beaches, but... Hillary was rude. She's... Cece clearly likes him. He can really further her career. And Hillary sleeps with him on on Cece's opening night of her first big show. Um... Anyway... I think you're right, Claire. Hillary's just not socially up to par. No. That's what I think we can... And she's say. entitled. Yeah. I think. In something like um, Bridesmaids, though, I do like how they do sort of explore that and, and how it's a reflection on Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig's relationship that Kristen Wiig is so jealous of. Rose. Byrne. Rose Byrne. Byrne? Byrne. 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 B-Y-R-N-E. It is just like, because yeah. that character is just perfect in every way. Truly. And, like, can plan anything, is rich, beautiful, and, like, gives great speeches. <laughs> and it's just things that Kristen is not, or that most people are not. And that is a 
I actually love the the play between those two. Yeah. <laughs> of Rose just being effortlessly like um, perfect and Kristen not. And then at the end, it turns out Rose doesn't have any friends. Yeah, and they're both jealous of each other, which I think happens a lot in lady movies as yeah. well. Yeah. I that I think that the jealousy in the main friendship happens way less often than jealousy between sort of yeah competing. She best has a new friends. best friend, yeah. Clueless. That happens in Clueless. Yeah. Wait, I forget. Because Cher is really close with Dion. Dion, and then um, well, no, I, I guess it doesn't exactly happen that way. And then Brittany Murph, no. They have a jealousy thing. Brittany Murphy, is it? It's Brittany Murphy, yeah. right? Yeah. She comes right. in and then basically, in her mind, replaces Cher. Right. Cher's created mind? a monster. Yeah. Oh. It's like. I'm she's trying not to talk about to it in Jane Austen terms right now. Too, <laughs> she's made Brittany Murphy too socially adept. Yes. And so she's not the queen bee anymore. Oh. Because then when they have their big fight. Brittany Murphy basically says, like, you're mad because I'm a better you now and everyone likes me better than you. And also we're both into your stepbrother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul Rudd, who, how could you not be in that movie? Uh, I know, but... He's a burgeoning lawyer. Cher shouldn't have. I don't know. Cher, I don't know, Cher. (laughs) Cher, I don't know. Cher, come on. (laughs) I'm not here to judge Cher. No. It's fine. I do like... I feel like a lot of the friendships in that movie, while complicated, are at times very supportive and lovely. Oh, yeah. Dion's great in that movie. Yeah. Now that she, the actress is... Yeah. Uh, Stacey Dash is very... Ooh. Yeah, let's, now, we shouldn't even go she's into it. Stuff. It's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> but I would... I do love her in that, though. Clueless yeah. also has some really cute male friendship moments. Yes, which I know isn't our topic, but there's just, like snippets of real warmth between the male characters yeah. in that movie that are very cute. And for those of you calling out, I know what you're thinking. Where's the episode on male friendships? Every day is an episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, maybe do one. <laughs> it doesn't. I just wanted to say that mostly. But, uh, yeah, it is true that it's like um, people don't need to, like, put... People don't need to put so much behind male friendships like it's always with female friendships i feel like it's always like so what? fraught yeah it's when it's it's never like um how did wayne and garth like get this way yeah or like, how did uh chewbacca and han solo like <laughs> get this way i feel like you can go to the theater next week and find, find out. out oh my god claire you're plugging i love to <laughs> plug in this little movie, movie you've never heard of Okay, well, we are going to take a quick break, Mm -hmm. and then we will be right back to this clubhouse. No boys allowed. Just (laughs) kidding. Um, uh, Right here on, spoiler alert, on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. As you know, this week we're talking female friendship flicks. Alliteration again. (laughs) Uh, Now, every week here on Spoiler Alert, We have a very fun little event that we like to call The Game. Now, I know many of you are thinking, who is this telling me about the game? Where's Jeremy? Jeremy does the game. Well, it's Jeremy's birthday. He's having a much-needed night off. Jeremy's on assignment tonight. He's he's out on assignment, and your girl, Sonia, is the one who tirelessly researched a film that these two had not seen, hunted all week, just like Jeremy (laughs) always says, 
And uh, I'm going to tell these two the title of a film that's related to our theme, and then they're going to each tell me what they think it's about, then I'll tell them what it's really about. Okay. This week's movie is called Heavenly Creatures. Okay. Heavenly Creatures. So, Sonia sent us a message before the show to ask us if either of us had seen Heavenly Creatures, and I said no, and that was not true. <gasps> I saw parts of it when I was very young and it freaked me out. But I think I can do the game and I'm just going to yeah. I'm just going to come up with a different Oh my god. Maybe I should go first cuz I have not. Yeah. And I I feel like I don't want to get for from it. you. Yeah. Because you even saying it freaked you out has already influenced got, got to me. I mean it's lovely. It's a it's a delight. It's, a, it's heavenly. I imagine two best friends um Dying in sort of a funny way, oh. you know, like a like a hot tub accident or like a <laughs> <laughs> something like this. Um, and then, so in heaven, they're still best friends, and but they're angels. And there's like a bunch of shenanigans of them trying to get out of heaven, or maybe they have a time limit that they can stay unless <laughs> they can pr- prove that they're angels. <laughs> Things it's like, like that. Romeo and Michelle go to heaven. Yeah, Romeo and Michelle's. Um, High school reunion in heaven. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> Number two. Okay, very good. Yeah. Claire. What I thought about was like, I'm picturing a sort of like 50s, 60s comedy sort of situation. And it's two women also in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, or so they both die. Maybe it's a hilarious hot tub accident. Maybe it's a different thing. Um, <laughs> and they go up and there's a, God puts them in a competition. One of them gets to be an angel and one of them has to go to hell. Oh, and they, no. he sends them back down to earth. Sophie's and they have to prove... They are in a competition to prove who deserves to be an angel. And they wear the most amazing dresses. And then at the end, do they say that neither of them wants to go to heaven without the other, so they won't? And that was the secret all along? that was the test? Yeah. And they say, see you in hell. And then they go, ah. Yay! Oh, uh, that's a good idea. It's, it's, I feel like there could be a lot of headbutting with them each trying to get their way into heaven. Yeah, but, but I think that's but the, that brings that's them the together. Yeah. I think it's an old movie, so they would not be shy about leaning into the female competition aspect You're right. of it. It was. It came out in 1994. I will tell you the true film now. Please. Heavenly Creatures is a 1994 New Zealand psychological drama directed by Peter Jackson from a screenplay he co-wrote with his partner. Is this the original Lord of the Rings? It is about the notorious 1954 Parker Hume murder case in Christchurch, New Zealand. The main premise deals with the relationship between two teenage girls who murder one of their mothers. The events of the film cover the period from their meeting in 1952 to the murder in 1954. Now, this is a film about female friendship. For those of you wanting to write letters... It was. It Please was, write us a letter. <laughs> it was Juliet. Or, Juliet. I'm reading for my paper. Kate Winslet's breakout role. And it's about an intense relationship that these two uh, find themselves in. And uh, they do end up murdering someone. But for, before that, it is female friendship through it's and through. Based on a true story. Yeah, that's the thing. Why and one they- of the girls went on to become a very famous mystery novelist whose name I do not Agatha remember. Agatha Christie. Well, I it was read either the Pauline Wikipedia. Parker or Juliet Hume. Well, she no, she goes by a different name. Well, she was released from jail and she had to promise that like 
they had to never have contact with one another again. I lied to you so much. I read this Wikipedia page like once every six months. Claire, you are <laughs> so unreliable I, what right a now. Deceitful. Well, I don't remember the movie very specifically, but then once I'd answered, I realized why you had asked the question, but it was too late. That's okay. <laughs> there can be a little movie magic here in the studio. Um, well. well the, this week's game was brought to you by a very special event, the annual CJTR Membership Drive. Sean? Ooh, why don't you join CJTR? Uh, we'll be live on location all week giving away free stuff, making radio, and signing folks up for memberships at all the following places. Uh, Thursday evening, that's tomorrow, we'll be at Multinational. Friday night, next night. Capital Restaurant and Tapas Bar, Saturday morning at the Regina Farmer's Market. Memberships mean perks, people. Enjoy your discounts at all your local businesses, special station music giveaways, VIP events, plus the heartwarming satisfaction of supporting Regina Community Radio in a very meaningful way. Yay. Yay, come out to it. Buy a membership. Buy a membership. You get perks. Yeah, those perks are great. Okay, right back into it. Let's talk lady friends. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about this week while rewatching some faves and, and thinking about female friendship on film, um, I feel like we often see female protagonists in female-centered films very much as a product of their relationships or community. So, for example, a movie like The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood is basically all about the impact that this group of women and one woman's mother has had on her. Or um, in uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, both sisterhood movies, <laughs> it's all about their relationship and the impact that they have on one another. Um, I'm curious about why we always portray women this way as a product of their relationships, but male protagonists get to be these like independent agents who are like very essentially themselves. Discuss. My take on this is that you can think about it as men getting to be portrayed as really independent agents, but I think that's such a bummer for men mm -hmm. that they don't get to have community and, you know, warmth in their movie relationships. Yeah. That they're always just like, they wake up, they have to cause an explosion, <laughs> then they go home. Like, there's not... Um, I don't think that being influenced by your community necessarily means that there's a lack of agency there or a lack of subjectivity for the individual women. And I think it's... I would be interested to see a movie about men that had a similar thing. I don't know. Yeah, or like an understanding of men in the context of their communities. Yeah, I agree where I'm like, it doesn't seem like too much of a bad thing to be influenced by your community or your relationships. Um, it's just real life. Um, I guess there are some, like, you know, um, like an It. I just, uh, it's one of my favorite movies of this year, actually. But, like, just all those kids, it is them uh, being influenced by their community in a kind of a weird way because there's terrifying things going on. But, like, just their friendship and that it will have, like, far-reaching consequences to them as adults. Um, the one where they find a dead body. What's that one? Uh, the Outsiders? The male, now oh, and then. No. Stand, by me. Stand by me. Stand by me. Um. Interesting. Yeah. Karen, yeah. I just watched Now and Then. Oh, it was on my list. How was it? I did not care for it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah. 
It is different than I remember. It's good. It's not... I, I didn't hate it. It's, it has this framing device of... Obviously, each of the roles are cast as, like, a teen or a, maybe a 12-year-old, and then their adult selves. And the the adults do not have much to do. It's like mm. a full stunt casting situation. But it's absolutely one of those situations where one of them is having a baby, so they all come back mm. together and they haven't seen each other. And none of them have developed at all as individuals in the time oh, that God. they've been adults. And, like, none of them even really know each other since they left when they were, like, 12 or whatever. Like, oh, God, Rita Wilson plays this... She was, like, as a child, everyone was really mean to her, actually. They treated her terribly. But then as an adult, she's, like... I think that she's in this weird arrested development. Like, she's wearing all these, like pink ribbons like her hair's in pigtails like curly pigtails and she just like plays really sweet music on her pink like (laughs) on her pink record player and it's a really eerie character and everyone else is seems to have developed like their own sense of style but she is just fully uh, a child everyone else is in the adult version and she's the one that is having the baby yeah it's it's an eerie movie. It is eerie. Now and then, it's called. Now and then. Mm. The parts of the movie that are just them as kids, there's some good good bits. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. I think, yeah, those are that's an, that's an interesting friendship one, too, where they are not very supportive in a lot of ways of each other. They're so mean. They're so mean to each other sometimes, but they always are together and they always hang out. And it's just understood that they will be, but they will get in fights a lot. Or just say rude, rude things. Ugh. Or if Christina Ritchie pretend to be dead several times and <laughs> and scare everyone. I had a cousin who used to do that to me. It was it really was, stressful. Yeah. It really it really frightens the other gals. You gotta, <laughs> gotta be careful. It's a real It's a real boy, boy that cried <laughs> girl that girl who cried girl who <laughs> died pretend in a, to be dead in a lake situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah every time. That old classic. Oh man. Okay, just because, obviously, women are always tearing each other down, what are some of the... Also, that was sarcasm. I didn't read it as sarcasm. As the best sarcasm, you have to stipulate that it's sarcasm. (laughs) Um, What are the lady friendship movies that make you cringe the hardest? Okay, so we were talking a little earlier about Sex and the City, Mm -hmm. which we can bring up because there was two movies, so it's applicable. But... Why do these women even know each other? I tried to Google this before we started because this came up right before we came in here. Couldn't find a succinct answer. It's inexplicable how they even are friends. None of them, like, why is Charlotte there? She's so lame. Yeah. They are not great. None of them None of them are great. I watched this movie with... um, Friend of the show, Amanda Babby, this yeah. week. And the and I was watching for the female friendship stuff, and what I discovered is that that is a interminably long movie that is, is in theory about this group of friends, mm-hmm. and their relationships are not at all the center of that movie. No. It's the the fact that they know each other is coincidental. <laughs> yeah. They just need someone to brunch with. <sighs> And drink Cosmos. 
And who's drinking this many Cosmos? Why did we ever stop drinking these? They say at the end as they sip Cosmos. Delicious. Did they stop drinking because them? I, and they say, because everyone else started. And then they all laugh. They were early adopters of this movie. I I was texting you guys a lot while I watched this movie because I forgot how many big feelings, big feelings, big big feelings I have about this world and just how deeply irritating I often find it for many of the reasons that you've outlined and just like these deeply affluent, unrealistically privileged white women and their trivial rich woman problems. They're so rich. And They're they all never so rich. learn from their mistakes or from their relationship woes. Carrie's written three books about it, apparently, but none of them but have it figured out. She has no out. idea what's going on. And she continues to trust Big, despite the fact that he's dem- demonstrably the worst. He's a nightmare. Anyway. The, to go back to why are they friends, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense. But I think that sort of the premise of the mm. TV show. Sorry to say TV show a lot on this <laughs> movie. Jeremy's not here to be mad. Um, was that every week they would sort of talk about a different, you know, yeah. issue about having sex in the city and relationships. And they just needed a bunch of archetypes mm-hmm. to get a variety of perspectives. Right. And there's nothing organic about the way these women relate to each other at well, all. And I would say, like, in the in the first movie, it's sort of this thing of, like, isn't it amazing how they're all still friends after all of this and how, like, at the end of the day, those four are the four that matter. But they don't give you a lot of reason for why it's amazing that they're still friends. Like, there are a few a few times in the movie where they, like, come through for each other in this way that I think is supposed to be this the demonstration of, like, how women friends are always the like last they're like your closest last bond but yeah, I don't know and they're always talking about their relationships so much that like I think that movie probably barely passes the, the Bechdel test I know <laughs> is it Bechdel? Bechdel? I think it's Bechdel okay I, uh, I'm not Bechdel. I, the Bechamel test <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah Shoes, maybe? Is that oh, how it's yeah. like? Yeah, and the shoe stuff. Like, I, Women are allowed to like whatever they want to like. I'm happy for you if you're a woman who loves shoes. Buying things is fun, and I like shopping. But it just makes me sigh. It is too much. Every time it's like, Big's Jimmy building June. me a closet instead of giving me a ring. Oh, he that's a good built her a closet and did not consult with her at, at all. all. What is it with these movies where people make just massive life decisions that involve other people? And it's like, supposed to be romantic. Like giving them your child after you die or building you a closet. Wow. <laughs> these two equivalent, equivalent decisions. <laughs> Claire, I would never build you a closet without your consent. Thank you so much. But I would give you my baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. You'd be I actually one of, one of my friends that I would give my baby. That yeah. is the, maybe the nicest thing anyone has ever done. If I had me. janky teeth and was... <laughs> <laughs> wasting away on a beach somewhere that's uh, what I but I would tell you I would appreciate it I like a heads I think up. you should get a heads up <laughs> yeah I think so too in case you have a role planned or something yeah and sex in the city also just so many puns that listen that, I'm here for puns and that's well documented oh yeah but, but Samantha is literally a vehicle for puns and like even though she top. has her cadence her Samantha cadence down perfectly it's just like <laughs> Oh, it's to it's too tough. I will say that 
I, I'm going to say this word on the radio because it's a body part that's, I think, fine. I know what you're going to say as well. One of my, like, possibly oh, my favorite all thing from all say. film history is more like Lawrence of my labia. <laughs> because it's just... <laughs> I it. Iconic. It is iconic, but yeah. Um, also, in this film, how Samantha, quote-unquote, gets super fat, and they're all so horrified because she's eating her feelings. It is... That was an upsetting scene. Uh, I, I also Samantha did, gets, Or the Samantha gets fat. <laughs> whoa! Freddy and Slip were moving right that Whoa, whoa, whoa. I did that one out. Um... <laughs> yeah, like, when it happened, I didn't know that's what they were aghast at. I know. At. Like, she came and she's like, She, like, lifts Hi. up her arms and her shirt pulls up a bit and they're all just staring at her And they're all, like, stomach, agog. Which is a very normal, and I would say quite trim, middle-aged woman stomach. Yeah. And it must have been Samantha, or Samantha, it must have been Carrie, or what's her name? Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall's own stomach. So, like, why would they make Ugh. the, like, put this actress in this weird position? They of just being put like, her in clothes that don't fit. Yeah. Like, if the real thing that would happen if you were going to point that out would be, why did you buy, why do you have so many clothes that don't fit? Yeah. Yeah. If they were aghast and they were like, your t shirt is not the right size, then maybe that's appropriate. That's the thing. If movies would spend a lot less time having women talk to each other about their weight and a lot more time talking to each other about interesting things and their thoughts and feelings, I'd be very happy. If they were like, Carrie, um, have you thought about writing, like, some nonfiction yeah. or something? Some fiction, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Carrie, can you write something that's not about yourself? Yeah. You deeply self-centered woman? Anyway, that's the one that makes me cringe the hardest. I also put the help on this list, not because I actually think that the relationship between um, Octavia Spencer and Viola Davis is the problem, because they actually have a beautiful friendship in that movie. I was going to say, I don't remember... It's the relationship between the white women to the women of color in that movie that. Oh well, that's not. It's so complicated. That's not fresh. But that's oh, I help. guess um, who Jessica Chastain. Chastain. No, it's the one who looks like her though, isn't it? Bryce Dallas. Bryce Howard. Dallas Howard. But they're both in that movie. Oh right. Because Bryce is the house, like the mean. She's housewife. new money. No, she's new money. I thought Bryce Dallas Howard was new money. No, no, no. Sorry, Bryce Dallas Howard is like the housewife that uh, that. Um, Oh, uh, she's like the real mean one, but then Jessica Chastain is like the new money. I think it's the other way Marilyn. around. I don't think so. But they look exactly the Isn't same. Isn't Emma Stone also in that movie? Emma Stone's she the kid, though. That That's a heavy and red she's head blonde, cast. But she's blonde, right? Anyway. Oh my God, you're right. The redheads are out of this world. <laughs> that was one of those movies that was touted as like very progressive, but when you really dig deep, you're like. No, this is just a movie about white savior complex. Anyway. But it also gives Octavia Spencer a great line to say about yes. feeding feces to someone. Yeah, and she's amazing. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like, it's like, it's so unfair because it's like, can we give these two something to do? They're the best. Which leads me into my next point, which is something I was realizing as I was like looking at my list of these movies is that they were super, 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 super white. Like, mm -hmm. so white. And I realized there is this whole subgenre of female friendship movies that are about and made by and starring women of color, but they're kind of segmented and one might say segregated in many ways and mm -hmm. aren't often allowed into the mainstream except uh, when they are Oscar bait, like something like, um, well, The Help, for example, which does have some of these movies, or um, Hidden Figures is another one, or The Color Purple, which 
complicated as a it's not primarily about friendship obviously um but i'm interested in a why these don't get to be mainstream i think there's probably an obvious answer and b is this changing um i well as obviously a white person that they are not um being probably advertised to as much as i could um, I would say it is changing. Like, uh, Girls Trip was really fun. Yes. Um, and it did feel like I, uh, I felt like it was, like, I was going, I was, like, invited to someone else's movie, mm-hmm. which was, like, good for me to to feel. Um, and it was just, like, so fun and dirty, and, like, Tiffany Haddish was hilarious. She is amazing. Um, and has given her, like, a a big, you know, a new lease on comedy, I feel like. Yeah. Just for those who haven't seen it, like, first of all, you really should. It's Queen Latifah, Regina Hall, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Tiffany Haddish all come together. Is there a specific reason? Basically, they have, like, There's a reunion another, trip. like, it's, like, another reunion yeah. thing where they, like, like they left apart. after college and then they're, like, let's get the gang back together. And they're going to, like, a big festival. They're going to New Essence Orleans. Fest. Essence Fest in, in New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. And it's very great. And, like, it's just, like, they all are these well-rounded whole characters. They have complex relationships with each other. It's There's lots of dirty humor, which two I'm of all them, about. Two of them are in a fight that's lasted for several years. Mm-hmm. But they're putting it aside a bit. We're trying to get o- trying to get over it. Yeah. So, like, when I was looking at the list of like essential must-see movies about female friendships, there were a couple that came up, uh, namely "Waiting to Exhale" and "Set It Off," that I had never seen or heard of, and it raises that question of like, why have I never heard of these, and why don't these get listed as often as First Wives Club? So. I mean, the answer is racism, mm-hmm. basically. Yes. Spoiler alert. But, the answer is racism. But I think it's unfortunate, and I hope that this is something that's starting to change with, you know, like Hidden Figures was a huge movie. It it did way better than any studio projected, and Girls Trip was huge. And, you know, it's not a female friendship movie, but something like Black Panther was huge. So hopefully studios are starting to realize that things that they have said aren't ever going to be blockbusters and won't sell enough tickets and therefore don't get prioritized hopefully they're starting to realize that that's not correct Mm -hmm. because we will go see these movies about women and about people of color and about women of color they were going to do a waiting for exhale too really before whitney's untimely death yeah yeah whitney was in but um ascended goddess angela bassett is still here and she could just have her own spinoff or just a new movie (laughs) with her in it because Someone she, just please put Angela Bassett in more movies. Seriously, stop, she should be stop sleeping on Angela Bassett oh, in Black Panther. Oh We've yeah, talked she's this extensively, great. But okay, do we have time? We have six minutes to talk about queer baiting. <laughs> Can we do it, <laughs> or should we just do it as a separate topic? Yeah, I um, we can just quickly talk about it because you mentioned that there was uh the, to speak about the topic of queer baiting in like female friendship movies, and honestly, I was like, I thought all the queer aspects of most of the movies you were talking about were like blink and you miss it like i remember watching fried green tomatoes when i was a kid and like seeing there's like the scene where they're like throwing icing around and then they kind of like get a little more intimate and like and i'm i was just like oh what's going on and i don't remember that 
this is queer baiting in a nutshell, is when a medium, medium, a piece of media gives you a glimpse, a taste of a queer romantic relationship and then never fully flushes it out or gives you that full realization. Because um, is it... I guess what I was confused by is it It doesn't feel like it's Fried Green Tomatoes has been marked or was marketed as Well, like, but here's the thing. In the book, it's about a lesbian relationship. Oh, I see. In the book, so that... So the, what I read online was the food fight scene is a stand-in for them hooking up. Oh. So it's like it's well for I guess so I guess the issue is one of queer baiting and also of erasure. Right. Because okay. obviously, um I have a quick stat that I'd like to read mm-hmm. quickly if we have time. Um so lesbians were only featured in uh so Glad basically Glad has their studio responsibility index, which like they measure all the movies that come out and yada yada yada. Um the vast majority of, of queer characters on film are gay men. Lesbians were only f- featured in 35% of queer-inclusive movies, and bisexual characters showed up in a lousy 13%. Um, and so I think that one of the things is, I think there's this gray area between female friendship and uh, female queerness, where it's like, oh, they're girlfriends. Like, girls will refer to each other as girlfriends, but it's like, well, no, like, when I'm dating a woman, we're actually girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think it's complicated. And I think, like, I don't know. It's just unfortunate that because I feel like the way that female sexuality is often depicted as very fluid and, like, amorphous and, like, and female friendships are depicted as so intimate, you get into this point where uh, films are, like, playing with that to sort of titillate but never actually represent. Yeah. Sorry, I just talked for 12 full minutes. Clearly, I care about this a lot. <laughs> anyway. That's a good point, though. Like, the it's a... Especially it, when it's something that there is so little representation of, when there's even a glimpse, you know, if you're a queer person looking to be represented, that is what you have to mm-hmm. sort of identify with and glom onto. So, like... But again, there's obviously interest in that and we should just make movies about queer relationships not you know heterosexual relationships between or friendships between two heterosexual women where you sort of like wink once yeah exactly or like maybe they're gonna kiss maybe they're gonna kiss just kidding wow they they still included the cannibalism stuff yes exactly (laughs) but it's like the fact that they made whip it but they made a roller derby movie with no explicit queer representation is an outrage it's I haven't seen Whip in a long time. Anyway, we have to wrap it up here on Spoiler Alert. I'm sorry I shoehorned in that little queer moment there at the end, as I want to do. That is all we have time for. Claire, thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for having so me. Much. You are such a delight. We would like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manatuna. Uh, many thanks to, obviously, Sean and to Jeremy, even though he wasn't even here. Uh, all the fabulous folks at CJTR and all of you for listening. We are broadcast uh, live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website. You can catch us on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at spoiler alert cjtr we're also on facebook have a great week my girlfriends <laughs> bye